Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. This is Monty Khan. Welcome to Domain Masters. Uh, hope everybody had a great week. We're getting all fired up for our live domain auction at Traffic New York for the 21st of, uh, of June. The next week, I've been pounding my head, looking at names. The whole staff is going crazy marketing the names, and it's going to be a great auction. we got some great names for sale. So we're going to have uh, uh, one guest on tonight uh, because we have still have a lot of work to do, and then we're going to be heading to New York. Um, we're going to be talking to Karen McCarthy, and he wrote the book, The Brutal Battle for Sex.com. Everybody knows about the Sex.com case, or perhaps you haven't, but we're going to get into some real good detail here. Uh, if everybody remembers, about a year ago I had Gary Kremens on, and we talked a little bit about Sex.com, but he couldn't talk about a whole lot of stuff because he was still under um, kind of a, a lawyer lockup, and so he wasn't able to talk a lot about, uh, about what, uh, what's going on. But we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the Sex.com case which is famous in many ways because sex.com, the domain name, was declared real property in the Ninth District of California District Court. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, Karen uh, McCarthy about that and in general about uh, his role with ICANN that he just took and some other things. So if you stay tuned, we're going to be back in about two minutes, uh, pay some bills, and be back on with Domain Masters and Chris McCarthy, the writer of The Brutal Battle for Sex.com. Stay tuned. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's ClickSOR.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Okay, well, how do I get my engine started? Is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit EngineReady.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns, search engines, banner ads, email, and more. EngineReady strategic marketing software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with EngineReady, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes! <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Domain Masters. Uh, as I mentioned before, my first guest and only guest tonight is Karen McCarthy. 
Karen is a British freelance journalist who has covered the Internet and domain names for a number of publications, The Times, The Guardian, and The Register and Tech World. Um, currently, he lives in Oxford, England. He recently took a job as a general manager of public participation with ICANN. We're going to learn a, bit, a little bit about what that means. Uh, and in an effort, um, he took this job in an effort to get more people interacting and talking more about the domain name system and how it will expand into the future. Karen, welcome to Domain Masters. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, had a little fire drill at the, at the office here, but we're all back and safe, and we're we're back in uh, back in our seats. How about you? How's uh, are you located over there in England now? Uh, I'm currently in uh, LA, so I'm currently overlooking Marina Del Rey. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, um, uh, good luck over there. So let's talk a little bit about um, this book that you wrote, and uh, why don't you tell us about how you got started covering this topic? Well, I mean, I was a reporter for The Register, um, which I don't know if you know, it's a UK IT news site. And, uh, you know, I heard several times about this this fightforsex.com, and I used to follow the domains quite a lot. But it was when I heard that there was a um, this gunfight in Tijuana because the, the new owner was angry with the old owner. And, uh, and then I started, so I thought, this is very interesting. So I started digging into it a bit. And then the old owner claimed that the gunfight never happened. And then there was a $50,000 reward for him. And then I spoke to the uh, to the guy that owned it, and he swore it did happen. And then there, there was a judge involved. And the more and more I looked into it, the more I thought, this is an extraordinary story. So I started writing a series of articles, and I got to know the sort of the, the story better and better, and it got more and more interesting. So it ended up being a, being a book. Yeah, so so uh, a lot of the boards and forums have been talking about the book a little bit. So talk a little bit about some of the some of the thirty thousand foot view and maybe some of the details of the unique things about this particular domain name in this case. Well, what was what was there were several. I mean, there were many unique things from the domain side of things. It was registered in ninety four, so it was before uh, NSI started selling them, uh, and it was before NSI had contracts as well. So it was so Gary Kremen, who's this geek, he picked it up for free. And then it was stolen uh, by this con man, Stephen Cohen, just after NSI started charging $50 a year for it. So in that sense, the legal side of it, it was very strange territory. Uh, and it was stolen. You know, uh, the, this guy, Stephen Cohen, he, uh, he very cleverly got NSI systems to throw out a query. Uh, and then he persuaded someone at NSI to hand it over to him. And then he forged this fax using the old the trademark issue. It was very big in '95. Uh, and then it was just a huge, huge battle for Gary. Gary Kremen who was trying to get it back because obviously it was worth huge sums of money, millions and millions of dollars, just by running ads on it because this was the dot-com boom. Uh, and he went to court and he fought with Stephen Cohen and he fought with NSI. And he eventually beat both of them. Uh, but then there was a there was a huge judgment against Stephen Cohen, $65 million. And uh, Stephen Cohen, rather than paid, he fled over to Tijuana and that started a whole personal, you know, chase around the world between these two people who uh, had everything invested in this domain name. Now, now, rumor has it, and uh, of course I had Gary Kremens on the show. He's actually a customer of ours. Since that theft, uh, he moved the majority of his names over to Moniker so that uh, he would never have his name stolen again. But uh, rumor has it that uh, um, this was kind of a like... Um, this was kind of like a Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier type uh, relationship where the publicity, the the excitement around this particular case kept building and building, and it was kind of like they they were like in cahoots with each other trying to get this uh, this case built up. Is there any truth to that rumor that uh, perhaps they knew each other, that uh, even though the name was in fact stolen, but maybe that this thing was dragged out a little bit longer than it could have been or should have been? 
No, I mean there was there was definitely no uh, there's definitely not they're not working together to make it a big issue. I can I can assure you of that. Uh, it became it became intensely personal. Is is what happened? Right. Well, and I remember he was. Uh, you know, I, I remember uh, Gary was. Uh, you know, obviously extremely upset. Uh, Sex dot com at the time, and still may be uh, one of the most traffic site, if not the most traffic domain names in the entire world. Uh, you know, there's only a couple names like that, like Poker.com and a couple others that exactly. get that kind of traffic. Um, and it was one of the most, if not the most valuable domain name at the time because uh, at the time adult sites and porn was uh, was monetizing when everything else was not. And uh, yeah. he was out millions and millions of dollars. But um, he seemed to get some of that back, didn't he? Well, it was, yeah, it was the perfect domain for, for the time. Uh, and it's still now. But he got he, what he got back was he got back this uh, mansion in San Diego, up in the hills of Rancho Santa Fe. And that was a fight in itself. Now, that, was, it that was Cohen's beautiful. mansion, correct? I'm sorry? That was Cohen's mansion, right? That was Cohen's mansion. Uh, but, of course, he couldn't wire a mansion like he could his millions, you know. He, he wired his millions off to offshore accounts, which, which Gary Krem has never been able to get his hands on. But uh, what he did have was this beautiful mansion, which Gary finally got. Uh, and then Stephen Cohen, as soon as he realized that he, you know, he was going to lose out, he was trying to put it through bankruptcy and everything so that Gary Kremlin couldn't get it. And as soon as he found out that Gary Kremlin had won it, he sent around three of his uh, henchmen, for want of a better word, and 20 Mexicans, and they just tore the building apart, absolutely demolished it. They tore out all the uh, plumbing. They pulled trees out the ground. They, I mean, it was that absolute disaster zone pry things off the walls, and it was just because, you know, he didn't want Gary Kramer to enjoy his house because he'd beaten him. So so he ripped up the house prior to Gary Kremen's, uh taking control of the house then? Yeah, he destroyed his own, he destroyed his own house that so Gary Kremen couldn't enjoy it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and so, uh, so, but Gary still got it anyway, and um, and I guess he still owns it today, correct? Yeah, he still owns it. He's, he's thinking of selling it. He currently rents it out. Uh, but it's a it's a big place, and it's not really Gary Kremen. Gary Kremen is, you know, he's a guy, and he loves doing deals and investing in things. And uh, it, it's not really the big fancy mansion thing, isn't him? So uh, so he's looking to get rid of it. But I think it felt pretty good for a few years for him to finally get something out of this guy. Yeah, and then and then Gary also got a judgment um, through the Ninth District Court uh, uh, against uh, both Verisign and Network Solutions, I believe. Yeah, now that's, that, that's an interesting thing. Now, I'm trying to get, or it's going to cost money, and I haven't got the money at the moment, but I'm trying to unseal exactly what the deals, the deal that was struck was. Uh, he took NSI because NSI handed it over, and uh, it shouldn't have handed it over. I mean, it's as simple. That's what the judge said. Uh, that's what the, the appeals court judges said as well. And uh, so he won some settlement, which is somewhere between 10 and $20 million. Yeah, Not I actually sure heard it was $15 million on the nose that both NSI and... Um, and uh, Verisign had to pay uh, to, um, to, uh, to, to settle that particular part of the deal. And then, yeah. of course, Gary sold Sex.com to, uh, to the Internet Real Estate Group for another uh, 12 to $14 million in stock and cash. Yeah, he's done, all, he's done all right out of it. I mean, the, the, uh, the thing looking back when I was running through and reading all the court reports and everything was, was, was how much of a risk he had taken, though. There was three points in this, and it went on, it's, it's still going on now, but it went on for 10 years, and there were three points in this 10-year battle where, where you know, it, he just wasn't going to win. It was going to collapse, uh, and you read and you can see it, and you think there's no way, 
that he's ever going to get past this point. So, so good luck to him. I mean, he put absolutely everything on the line for this, and he came through. And he really, you know, he really shouldn't have done any other time. It would never have happened. So, uh, so he's done all right out of it. But I think he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially to have a theft like that, uh, and he was able to to take full advantage of uh, monetizing that. Uh, that uh, theft and that effort because he got judgments and uh, it actually was more famous than it was. It was more important for the domain industry than than just winning the name back and recovering a stolen name. Um, in fact, the Ninth District Court in California declared for the first time a domain name as property, just as valuable or just just in the same realm as physical property. Were you able yeah, to was- um, um, you know talk to anybody from that side of the coin? You know, from the Ninth District Court to to find out why they made that decision and uh, what is your opinion on how important that is for other domain owners? Well, it, I, I can uh, I can recommend the the judgment by Kaczynski, uh, which is very easy to find on the web. It's all over the web. Actually, I think I've stuck it up on my uh, on my website that I did for this book, which is sex dot com spelt out dot info. I think I've stuck it up there. And it's, and the reason why it's worth reading is is that Kaczynski is quite a good writer and it reads it reads interestingly. It's not one of these dry legal documents. So you can have a good read and you can understand where they're coming from. Uh, but effectively, NSI came with this extraordinarily arrogant position, which they said uh, without, um, without them, the Internet would fall over. And so that, therefore, they can't be held accountable to, of domains, and therefore it's not property. And that was just thrown out. Um, and Kaczynski used an interesting example. I think he said like um, ATM machines. You know, he sort of... Uh, you could, you know, you pay a little bit more to have a little bit of security on ATM machines so that people just don't walk away with your cash. So, uh, and he's saying the same with domain names. You know, so they have to be viewed as some form of property. Although, of course, you know, we all know it's still wide open. It's still a very weird gray area. But finally, the sex.com case was the was the first time that this slightly unusual philosophy of NSI's was was finally taken to account, and the judge suddenly said, "This isn't true." These domain names are a lot more than just telephone numbers. These domain names have a lot of elements of property. So, so from that aspect, it was very important. And fortunately for everyone else, we have a an easy to read judgment on it as well. Yeah, d- definitely. So, um, there's not too many other places um, that has made a ruling like that yet. Um, I believe that um, there, there there was a ruling in the Ninth District, Court, Ninth District Court of California, which actually doesn't only cover cover California, but apparently it covers a region which uh, encompasses um, uh, Washington, the state of Washington, and uh, Oregon. Is that correct? Yeah, or you, uh, or you not yes, know that? it does. Um, let me think, because I'm not a U.S. lawyer here, so I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, it's very influential. I mean, after after Virginia, where you know where NSI is based and where they, a lot of the original laws were made, California, obviously because it's California and it's Los Angeles and San Francisco and Silicon Valley, etc., is you know the next influential, probably more influential in terms of the way the internet is changing. So, um, so for a, for a, for the uh, Californian uh, appeals court to come out with this decision, that's pretty that's pretty important. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that's uh, very interesting. And so, how can one um, um, order your book and uh, read more about it and get into the nitty gritty? Well, uh, at the moment, I've only got a. U- I'm a. It's based in the UK, so I've, I've got a UK publisher. In fact, they went to. I was speaking to uh, some publishers last week, week before. So there's three US publishers looking at it. So that will happen. You can buy it at Amazon.co.uk. You can also buy it from the registers site as well, uh, the Register Co. UK. 
Uh, but at the moment, it's a UK thing. So unless you run into me in Los Angeles, <laughs> you gotta you have to wait for like a couple of weeks. But uh, but I'll you know it'll be coming to the US soon. If people want to uh, if people want to go and prod a bookseller or prod Amazon.com or something, I'm certainly all happen all the faster. But, you're, but you said but no, it's on Amazon.co.uk, right? There. It's good fun. You said it's on Amazon.co.uk. Yeah, Amazon.co.uk and Register.co.uk or uh, on my site, sex.com.info. You know, it's all online at the moment. Okay, great, great. Now let's shift gears a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, well, actually what we'll do is, if you don't mind, we'll take a quick commercial break and then come back on with you and then talk about um, ICANN and your role with ICANN and some of the things that are going on over there. ICANN sure. continuously evolves and changes a little bit. Is that okay with you? Yeah, terrific. Okay, so uh, hang on. We're just going to do a, a commercial. We'll be back on with Karen, and uh, um, with the writer of The Brutal Battle for Sex.com, and also well, we're going to talk to him about ICANN. Stay tuned. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types, Hooker, Escort, Hookup, into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com, two boxes, one click, great results. Don't get bullied by the big guys. LookSmart is your budget-friendly online advertising alternative, offering businesses of all sizes affordable, targeted, pay-per-click advertising. And whenever you need help, whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, LookSmart offers accessible customer support for all advertisers, no matter the size. We call it pay-per-click power to the people, and it's only available here at LookSmart. Log on to ppcpowertothepeople.com and join the revolution today. Welcome to the 11th Annual International Web Award Competition. Walk the red carpet as the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the Web Awards, recognizing the best websites in 96 different industries. Winners receive a beautiful image plaque or certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from the expert judges, links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site, and a free press release from PR Web. So the winner goes to... Well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Go to www.webaward.org to enter and win. The awards deadline has now been extended to June 15th, so don't delay. Enter now. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes, (laughs) master of my domain. Here's your host. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Domain Masters. I think uh, we had to uh, call Karen back. Karen, you back on? Oh, he's not on yet, uh, so we got to stay tuned here because uh, we got to call Karen back up. Um, um, in any case, it was an interesting um, first part about sex.com. Um, and if you remember, uh, on our archives, we have the whole case. Um, you know, we talked to Gary Kremens and talked about this in, in some detail way back then, but talked in general about domain names and... Um, um, you know what uh, th- this whole decision that domain names are in fact property, 
and uh, how important this case was for the industry. So um, that was uh, one of the key things um, um, that that he spoke about. In addition to um, how this established a presence for everybody else that owns domain names uh, going forward. So, um, in addition, uh, Gary uh, was the founder and uh, CEO of Grant Media, which was one of the larger um, online adult advertising companies. And so, Sex.com was a very important part of his business, and uh, there was a great deal of revenue that was lost at that time uh, through that effort. So, um, in any case, uh, we are uh, we are um, still trying to get back a hold of uh, of Karen, and Karen just took a role uh, at uh, ICANN as um, the general manager of public participation with ICANN, and ICANN's been trying to reach out to the public uh, quite a bit at some of the conferences and also trying to get their name back out there. Obviously, uh, there's been somewhat of a of a debacle with the handling of uh, uh, Registerfly and the um, um, the whole registrar crash and going out of business and how ICANN may have, uh, um, you know, handled that situation. So they're making all kinds of efforts uh, trying to get back into the public's eye as a, as a good place, a good manager for the Internet. And um, one of the roles, I guess, uh, is this general manager of public participation with ICANN, and um, we're going to talk to Karen about what that means. Karen, you back online? Yeah, I'm back online. Sorry, okay, I had great. a bad Okay, a lot better. That's much clearer. Yeah, Definitely. So let's talk about uh, what your overall picture of the domain industry is. Um, what attracted you to domains to begin with? Well, I mean, it's just because it, it's because they're the. They're, I, I mean, I didn't understand why there wasn't more people looking at domains. That was always my thing, you know. And I was writing stories, and I couldn't believe that uh, that people weren't, uh, you know, it wasn't all over the press because these were the building blocks of this internet. Uh, and it was pretty, there wasn't very much known about it. And I think people make a lot of assumptions about what domains are and they aren't. And then, like you were mentioning Registerfly there, one of the biggest problems with Registerfly was suddenly, you know, the average person in the street who's got a domain suddenly realizes the domain system doesn't work how they assumed it did. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so, uh, so uh, I started writing about it to try and tell people, by the way, this is how this system works. It doesn't work how you think it works. Uh, and this is why it works the way it works. So that's how I got involved in it, to sort of because I thought it was so important that uh, in my job as sort of a journalist, it was to say to people, "This is this is you know this is what's going on. This is important." So uh, that's how I got into the domain name side of things. So, so do you think the whole domain name system in general is is where it should be right now, or or where should it be going, and how can it be improving? Well, I mean, it's very. I mean, it's in the total. It's in constant flux, really, isn't it? I mean, the again, the Registerfly thing. When the part of the problem with that was that the registration, uh, the Registrar Accreditation Agreement was was drawn up in '99 and then revisited in 2001. And as we all know, there's been huge changes since then. So uh, part of the problem was was this: the, it wasn't updated fast enough. Normally, a, a, you know, a company you would you only have to look at it every 10 years. ICANN needs to keep looking at things every few years. Uh, the, the the whole domainers thing is is the is the as well you know there's the issue at the moment this whole new market which has been which is very new which has really taken off and I'm not sure we are where we need to be with that yet there's a couple of things I personally think it's a great uh, well I think it's an inevitable innovation of the domain name system but there's some things that are worrying about it uh, and there's a lot of room for foul play in there at the moment so. Um, most importantly, people need to talk to one another. That's what I think. 
So tell me about your role. Is this a new role that ICANN's assigned, and how are you selected? Um, uh, what was your previous uh, history and experience? Uh, t- tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I tell you, that the, well, this, this, this role, General Manager of Public Participation, was written into the bylaws years ago, like the last iteration of ICANN, which I think was three years ago. Uh, and they, they wrote this in, but they never properly filled the post. Because uh, they couldn't fi- either couldn't find someone, or I don't know what was what happened with it. Uh, and I was offered it, and the the interesting thing was I was a, a very strong critic of ICANN for years. In fact, I was probably the worst critic because I spent so much time, you know, learning how it all worked. Um, and so I was offered the role, uh, and I sort of I thought they were crazy at first, but then I saw it as a sort of an opportunity to put my money where my mouth was because I've been saying this needs to happen, this needs to happen. Uh, and then effectively I was, I was told, well, if you think you can do it, you know, come and do it then. So, <laughs> so I took the job and effectively the job is to, is to involve people in these processes. So, uh, rather than people saying I didn't realize this was happening or ICANN is doing a bad job, my, my role is to get people involved and when, whatever they say, you know, make sure that other, other people hear it so we end up in the best place. Right, right. And, um, Let's talk a little bit about you know some of the things I can you know looking at these days. So besides the whole register register fly debacle and how they're gonna you know I've already got a couple audits for our registrars that they're gonna start doing uh, the data audits and some of the who is audits and making sure that everybody else is in compliance. So I already see some of those changes. Not not necessarily a great thing for other registrars who always have done a good job in keeping their customers uh, you know safe and secure because it's gonna put a lot of uh, administrative time on everyone. But uh, luckily we have our house in order. But um, I noticed that ICANN is um, starting to shift and look at the way PPC revenue is handled through domain names and some of the trademark issues. Talk a little bit about what your opinion is of the model using PPC to generate revenue. Well, I think PPC is extraordinary. I mean, it's um, it's one of the most interesting um, models that's come out of the Internet. It would have been impossible before the Internet to run something like this. Uh, it's made Google what it is. It's made It's made blogging like professional blogging possible, it will open up all sorts of opportunities in the future. So I think it's a fantastic model. It's, um, I mean, it can easily be distorted, um, as these things can, which is why the, you know, you've got to arrive at a set of rules or, or a set of agreement with what, with what people shouldn't be allowed to do, or even better, a set of agreement with people say, if someone does do this, then I won't do business with them. Um, but of course, that's difficult, uh, and ICANN's role with this, and this is this is why I'm sort of in this position. ICANN's role with this is is not to decide, but to get everyone else to come to agreement. So, if you're worried about, like you say, with the extra requirements, and the reason is it's quite obvious why ICANN's getting a bit stricter because the register register fly thing was a, was has the potential to undermine everyone's confidence, not just the good registrar, bad registrar. People don't see it like that. They say, I have a domain, and now it doesn't work. Right. So if you, but if you think that it's gone too far, you come to an ICANN meeting, or you send ICANN an email, or you get, in, or you send a public comment because there's this whole RAA discussion going on, and it will get involved. I mean, that's how you, that's how you get there. So the solution is to say I don't agree, or I do agree, or just basically to get involved. And the whole point is that you end up in the the best functioning situation. Right, right, and um, and. Y- you think ICANN should have some kind of say in what's going on with P- the PPC generation, you know, the, the revenue that's being generated, or how, I, how domain names are used for PPC? No, not, no, not particularly. Um, ICANN doesn't do that sort of thing. I mean, what ICANN does is, is um, 
it sort of, uh, what's a good way of saying it, sort of sets the framework. Now, if people are worried that the PPC ends up uh, causing difficulty within the, the domain name system, then they can raise it. And then, the, you know, everyone else will, will discuss it within ICANN and they'll see, is there anything ICANN can do about it? And if so, what should they do about it? And if so, let's see if people like this. But no, I mean, ICANN, people, people often see ICANN as like this body that decides things, whereas in fact what it is, all ICANN is, is a coordinator between everyone. Uh, so you can turn up and you can say, well, I don't agree, and then you can, someone else will say, well, I, I think this, and you, people, only ICANN only agrees on when everyone agrees. So <laughs> it's really yeah. a matter of getting involved more than anything else. Right, right. Now, let's but talk no, about... I mean, PPC, I don't see why, I don't particularly see why I can't get involved in that side of things. I mean, as soon as you get involved with any, that part of the internet, any content on the internet, I mean, that's just a, that's a whole can of worms. ICANN is a, is a, a technical body. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about where, um, where the TLDs, the additional TLDs, and, and some of the you know, new extensions that have been uh, that have been coming out. Some of the ones that have been rejected. Um, some of the ones that have been pure failures. Um, um, obviously, we all know uh, there's been um, less less than um, that less than popular extensions allowed to participate in the in the TLD system, like .name and .pro and .arrow and .museum and even .jobs and .travel are, are suffering a bit. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we have success stories like .mobi. Um, Dot tell and dot Asia are about to launch. Um, what's the process? Do you think, or what's uh, what's the inherent um, decision process on on deciding when a new TLD is uh, is should be allowed back into the market? And of course, we have the the triple X, uh, the dot XXX, um, you know, rejection for the third or fourth time since it's been introduced. Yeah. What what is part of the process of allowing a new TLD to go online so that it's, that it's, it is successful? Well, uh, well, okay. Well, in terms in terms of what I think, what makes one work and what makes one not work is 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 a word which I really don't like, but it's appropriate here, which is branding. Um, I think currently we still live in this world where everyone thinks .dot com. You know, they think the internet is .dot com. I don't see that staying for much longer because the internet is much too uh, big. It's much too involved in our lives for it for just to be settled in a, in this concept of .dot com. Uh, but that's what it's about. That's why it's not really worked up till now. Because it, it, it's, um, I was speaking to um, Gear Ramonson, who is one of the guys behind .dot name, and he was saying he wants there to be lots of new top-level domains because it's, for him he sees it as um, an awareness thing. As soon as there's like another twenty or thirty, people will become aware that there are there's things beyond .dot com, and then they'll start looking around. And then the marketing that he does, people say, "Oh, there's a .dot name." So that's why he sees it. It's a matter of um, of getting your name out there and telling people why you should have something new. Uh, and the difficulty is, is which you have to answer with everything, is why would anyone buy your top-level domain? What is it that you give them that .com doesn't give them? And .com is always going to be more high-profile for the next five, ten years. Uh, and that's what you have to discover if you want a new GTLD. And I think part of the problem in the past has been people have thought simply by having dot jobs by having dot name by having dot info that you the people are simply going to come to you and that's that's not the way it's worked out right right now what what extensions are you particularly um, more excited about that are that are due to be released or do have application that you think is unique in some way 
Well, I'll tell you how it works. There's going to be a whole series of, well, there's going to be a new application process, and it's going to be better than the last two. The last two were sort of test. The first one was a test because it was like, it was early days. The second one was this sponsored uh, top-level domain idea. And this next set will actually be, you know, you'll summarize. ICANN is, is pieced together all the lessons from the past. Now it's going to be a bit more structured and open, and, uh, and it should be fun. You know, I'm trying to get people who involved in it. So in terms of the ones that I'm interested in, I should say that ICANN doesn't get to decide this. People have to put their names forward. The ones things that I think would be fun are uh, a dot bank, because obviously all the phishing, there's no reason why banks can't get together and make quite a secure personal DNS in which they don't allow people apart from banks to get a dot bank. So you know it's coming from a dot bank, and you put DNS sec on it so it's more secure. You know, that's, that's possible. Uh, I'd like to see a dot blog I think that would be a, that'd be a brilliant market for dot blog. I think there'd be a good market for dot wiki. I think there'd be a good market for dot coffee, uh, and I think there'd be a good market for dot Google. But I don't know. Um, but I but I mean, if you heard after Telly and a, uh, Tel and Asia, what's what's le- what's lined back up for presentation? What what else is coming? I don't know. Uh, we haven't had the uh, we haven't had the applications yet. We haven't opened the process yet. So uh, what? Uh, uh, someone told me they were going to apply for. Oh, there's be there be will be dot Berlin because uh, they've been making uh, they've been coming to ICANN meetings for a while and they've got the backing I think of um, the sort of the uh, Berlin's equivalent of the the local business community uh, behind the concept of a dot Berlin, which I think is quite an interesting idea. Although there's some concerns, you know, that if you start registering name places, that that might be difficult. But uh, I kind of like the idea. That's speaking in a personal capacity. Uh, I, I, you know, I come originally from London. I quite like the idea of a dot London, and I know a lot of my friends would. Uh, so that should be a bit of fun, I think. Um, but it's up there. It's out there for imagination. I think it's the internet. You know, if people, people with a bit of imagination, you can. We'll probably think of this time when we just had dot coms as a crazy time in the future. You know, Google is a weird word. But now everyone it comes off people's tongues as if you, you know, you've known it for your whole life. I'm sure we'll end up with a dot something, which everyone talks about as if it's perfectly normal. Right. Now, coming from the U.K., um, uh, of course, you know the value of having good, strong country codes. Um, it's, uh, it's a fact that the country code market is really exploding. Um, uh, I saw the recent VeriSign study that uh, showed that uh, Europe, uh, Europeans, uh, per Internet user, own almost twice as many domain names as uh, our, the U.S. counterparts do. Why do you think that is, and, and do you see that trend continuing, that uh, Europeans uh, are coming on in a, in a much more stronger way than the rest of the world? Well, that's a, it's a combination of things. One, there's the, there's the fact that it's very hard to get a dot-com uh, because there's so many people with dot-coms, and there's so much um, you know, speculation of people buying dot-coms. But the other thing is that um, the country codes are... Uh, Pretty, uh, they all come up with their slightly different ways of running their system. So, Nominate, who, and I, I, I don't know whether it's because I'm English or whether so I'm sort of it makes more sense to me or whether it's a better system. But they have a different, totally different way of running their registry, which makes which I think is terrific, uh, and I've always liked it. So I, I tend to buy quite a few .uk's when I could easily have a .org or a .info or .dot whatever because I like their system. And I think that is causing. I think, and you know, DNIC is the the big two in Europe: uh, Germany .de and uh, and uh, you know the UK .uk. Um, and it, because you can, they set their own systems, and because they sort of it makes sense to people in the country, different cultures, different setups. That's why they're growing massively, I think. And also, they market a lot. 
I mean, uh, they really do put, you know, put a lot of time and effort into marketing this concept of the dot whatever they are, dot de, dot uk, which you don't tend to find uh, the generic top-level domains doing. I don't remember seeing uh, any ads for dot org, for example, or, uh, or anything like that. And, and what about the rest of the country codes in Europe? Uh, you know, one of the uh, I was just over there for two conferences uh, in Amsterdam, and um, um, you know, did a little survey in a room before uh, before a talk uh, about the domain industry and the the value of the direct navigation traffic. And um, most of the the majority of the folks in the room, when I asked the question, uh, you know, what do you type when you when you go out to look for things outside? You know, out you know in your home computer, do you type a .com name, or you typically type your country code name as your first reaction? And they all, you know, the majority of the people said, um, you know, it would first be their country code before they would go to .com. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, uh, and that's true. Actually, that's very true because there's a sense of um, there's a sense of national pride, isn't it? I mean, it's um, you ha- you get used to the internet in your way. This concept of the internet will just be that you know this this global device is it is it's not going to happen. People have their culture and their styles, and uh, there's a certain level of pride. Um, you have a look in uh, in European countries, you see the the big ads, and you see the URLs often have like Spain often has .es. Uh, so I think Barcelona was Barcelona .es is the um, um, the uh, tourist board, I believe. I was there, so um, and they so you get used to this, um, and people like it. They you know people are proud of their countries, and they and they. They get used to the concept of this being their part of the internet, and then when it's when it's well pitched, uh, obviously the, the you know the, the registry is pitched to their governments, their businesses in their country, uh, and you also you get used to the concept of say .es or .fr in France. You get used to the concept that if there's a .fr, then the content's in French, which is very important. We forget this sort of as English speakers. Um, Dot com, the vast majority of dot com is in English, and if English isn't your first language, it always strikes. It's a bit jarring, because if you know, you I doubt if you know less than one percent of dot fr pages are are in English. So um, people get very used to the concept of these different dots, uh, and so they get very com- very comfortable with them. Right, right. Um, and uh, and how do you feel about uh, you know some of the other international codes uh, besides Europe? Um, obviously, Asia is getting on in a big way, and India and uh, uh, Latin America particularly has uh, got a lot of potential. Um, are what's uh, what's the feeling from the you know within within ICANN about what's going on internationally? Even though they don't uh, typically you know uh, control what's going on with the CC code community, CCTLD code community, but. Um, they are and have approved .asia uh, to to you know uh, provide a solution for the Asian market. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, .asia is a very interesting one. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens with .asia, and clearly that the you know and also I think .asia. I'm right in saying that's the first one that's actually registry uh, GTLD that's been um, that's run from outside the United States or North America. Which is quite interesting. So I don't know. I'm watching to see what happens with Dot Asia. Clearly, they they felt that there was a market there, that the Dot JPs and the Dot uh, CNs and the Dot clearly they felt that that wasn't tying in enough. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I don't understand that the Asian side of things. So maybe Dot Asia is immediately recognisable, but Dot JP isn't. I can't be certain. And it's probably something to do with the uh, the policies that registries have, because a lot of um, 
I mean, the the the, the CCTRDs, ICANN does has no authority over them. As you know, I should state that they come to meetings and they have their own constituency and they raise a lot of things. But ICANN has no say in what they do. Uh, although we tend to sort of have agreements, say we'll do this and you do that, which tends to be quite useful. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of registries, the governments decide that they're going to run the registry, and then they decide they're going to restrict it domains according to you know whether you live in the country or or whether you're this particular person, and that really that really you know ties down a lot of the domain names. Um, and so I'm not so sure. Uh, I know that Latin America is picking up. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And I know that Africa is getting there, but then the problem with Africa is the access. You know, until you can get internet access, you don't want a domain name. Right. So that's so as that uh, as access gets better, Africa is picking up. Right. Um, right. Well, what are what are some of the um, you know uh, with ICANN in your role where you're kind of touching the the end user and the community a little bit? Where do you see some of the most exciting? Um, well, before I go there. We'll talk a little bit about what uh, what your perception is and what you feel the perception is of the industry of the um, announced increases in pricing across all the registries uh, uh, per affiliates, new level, and um, and Verisign, of course. Yeah, well, I mean that's you know that's come, that came about through through the dot com agreement um, for 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 better or worse. I mean, it went through a, an enormous amount of uh, review. Uh, it went through the Congress, you know. It went through the ICANN community, and there, you know, it was a, it was a. I wasn't at ICANN for that. I was reporting on it, and I was reporting on on what you know how difficult it all was. But it went through, and it went through with this, uh, for better or worse, went through with this. You're allowed to increase it by a certain percent, and so of course the other registries said, uh, well, in that case, you know, you come one, come all. So they're increasing their prices as well. I think, um, I think the only way that you know it's happened. The only way that we'll get back to, you know, if domain names do feel the need to come down, is you have new top-level domains and um, and people bring out new models. You know, so they say you get a dot whatever dot uh, I don't know dot PC dot computer, uh, and they and they pitch themselves as we're cheaper. You know, we will, we undercut dot com come to us. I mean, there's nothing to stop someone doing that. And then we'll see we'll see what the market wants. Uh, because the the strange thing is, when we complain about the prices of domains, the strange thing is they're still incredibly cheap. Um, you know, you can you can go and spend ten times that on a on a night out on a Saturday night, and yet it's a domain name, it's a piece of it's an address on the internet. So in one sense they're incredibly cheap, but then uh, I don't know. We we see what people decide, see what the market decides. Uh, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to see. I just want to see more interesting ideas i want to see the internet keep growing right right well you know there's a lot of hard feelings that uh, that you know these prices are going up when efficiencies at each of these registries are being realized and actually costs are going down i mean the infrastructure established by verisign um, and network solutions back in the old days is still the same infra- infrastructure today that uh, that supports the internet and uh, although they've built upon that apparently it's um, it's a lot more cost effective than it used to be and a lot of people think it's a little bit of a, of a price gouging uh, scenario and taking advantage of the contract versus um, helping the market grow um, and leaving prices where they are or even reducing prices in some ways so that uh, it helps keep the, the industry growing. Yeah, well, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I spent ages trying to get, to get to figures to figure out exactly how much these things cost. Uh, and it's extremely difficult. Number one, people don't want to tell you because it, you know it's commercially sensitive. Number two, it's extremely complicated. Um, 
for example, I mean, and I know that uh, the one thing, you know, uh, the one thing you have to admire Verisign for is they run a pretty stable ship. Uh, if dot com was to go down, it would, you know, the confidence across the world in the internet would be very badly damaged. Right. Um, so they do, and then you know they do invest a huge amount. But how much they invest? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I think I don't think you'll know. And I think the, what we what the internet has done is embraced uh, the concept of competition. You know, the concept of we don't tell people how to do it. We we see what they get up to, and um, and that's that's enabled the internet to grow massively. So I say the way of dealing with something if you're not happy with it is is through competition. You know, if people think this is too expensive. Or uh, these people are creaming off too much money. Then there should be it should be possible for someone else to step into the market and say that. Uh, and if people like it, if people are bugged by it, uh, then they can shift their business. And I think that's the internet has gone down this route of wide open competition, and it's and it's caused you know enables us to to do what we can do on the internet, which is extraordinary. And I say that that's the way to go forward. But for that to happen, people have to be able to get at it, and people have to know about it. So. Um, that's what what I hope to do, at least within ICANN, is tell everyone this is how the system works. Right, right. Um, well, before we wind up, uh, anything you can add on um, on to the listening community uh, that could really help them out in their current uh, state of uh, of business, or anything that you can see coming down the pike that uh, that can really benefit them, that you will uh, try to do in your new role here with ICANN, and uh, you know ensure that uh, that uh, we all have a successful future and uh, that the Internet stays strong, and um, what kind of feedback can you give us? Well, I'll I tell you one thing, in all seriousness, what concerns me is that um, is a lot of Internet old hands see the domaining market as, as, um, as a threat, uh, and I don't, think that's, I don't think that's fair, and I don't think it's accurate. I mean, there are some people that are, that, uh, are, are trying to skim off money, but there's a lot of legitimate, hard-working business people in there working at this, and so uh, and the only way... Um, and this is what domainers don't realize either, is that, that um, through the ICANN process, for example, the, you know, the RGP, for example, you know, uh, that's a bit outdated. There's, now, there's nothing to stop an ICANN process happening and people deciding they're just going to end the RGP. Now, that would cause an enormous, enormous shift in uh, a lot of people's business models. And the only way that, you know, that people are going to understand one another is to get together and talk and explain, you know, get, you know, understand each other, understand where you're coming from, what you're hoping to achieve. So I would say from, from my perspective and from the domainist thing, the thing to do is to, is to check out ICANN. Uh, there's actually a meeting in Puerto Rico, when is it? Next week. Yeah. Uh, no, the week after next. Yeah, or, or you can do it online. You know, I've set up this public site, public participation site, public.ican.org. But basically get involved and find out what's going on and talk to people uh, because in certain elements of the Internet uh, community, domains are seen as like, a, uh, you know, uh, almost sort of robbers. Um, and I keep having these arguments with people. and saying, no, 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 this is just, this is the Internet. You know, this is a, this is a growing area. Um, so, and domainers on their side, you need to get involved with people, and you need to say, "No, this is why I'm doing this, and this is this is why this is useful." So, my what I would say is, find out what's going on and talk to people more, um, because because I can I can community can make some very big changes, which I don't think domainers are sometimes really aware of. Uh, and if you think that's a bad change, you should get in and tell people. People will listen. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well. 
Well, that's great, and I uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, what are you at? Uh, your, are, are you? Uh, um, how often are you at uh, the ICANN um, um, offices in uh, Marina Del Rey? Well, as often as the U.S. government lets me. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, and so you have an I office mean, set up there, and um, occasionally. And, okay. I'm here occasionally. Uh, usually, I'm in uh, Europe. So uh, you know, if anyone's over in in London or Oxford, you know, sort of look me up. Okay, great. Well, um, Karen, it was great talking to you. It was great having you on Domain Masters. I'm sure um, 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 everybody will be looking for the book, The Brutal Battle for Sex.com. Uh, which It'll is be out in the U.S. as fast as possible. It'll be out in the U.S. as fast as possible. It's currently available um, at Amazon.co.uk and also yeah. Register.co.uk? Yeah. Okay. And um, and there's more information about it on uh, what what was the uh, what was the website that you said that you had more. Oh, uh, uh, sex dot com spelled out d o t sex dot com dot info dot info. Great. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on uh, Domain Masters, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully get to meet each other in the near future. I hope so. Okay. Take care. Cheers. All right. Bye bye, Karen. Uh, again, my uh, special thanks to Karen McCarthy, uh, who wrote the book, The Brutal Battle for Sex.com, and uh, also to learn about his uh, new role in ICANN as the public participation, as the manager of public participation for it with ICANN. And um, sounds like he has a good perspective from the public eye, uh, can really um, um, make an impact there. Um, just a reminder, uh, next week we'll be broadcasting live at Traffic. Uh, I believe we're going to be having um, two uh, broadcast one for the regular radio show um, and or we will have uh, the live auction broadcasted uh, live on webmasterradio.fm it's always an exciting event to listen to uh, we have some awesome awesome names going up for sale uh, at this auction it's the most premier list of domain names that we've ever had in all the auctions combined uh, just an example um, we have over 22 names of uh, priced over a million dollars in this auction where we've only had a couple in previous auctions. Just some of the some of the names that might get your attention are uh, naked.com, artist.com, cats, commodities, credit check, dollars, DSL, menopause, Puerto Rico, Scotland, seniors, student, stuff, tourist, auto classifieds, and many more. And um, um, we uh, expect to have a very successful auction and have uh, some records set for the whole entire domain community and uh, to help establish your domain names as real property, real valuable assets, and uh, to build a new platform of value that uh, never has been accomplished before. And so that's what our goal is next week. Um, so uh, with that said, uh, everybody can come to Moniker.com and uh, view the auction list by hitting the auction banner that's right on our front page or hitting the auction tab or link that's right below the registration box. It will also list the future auctions that are coming up and how you can submit your names for auction or be in attendance to buy any of the names that you've just heard or more. And the silent auction will be running for a week after traffic, and, uh, and there's uh, 3,500 some odd names that are the top names in their particular industries in that block as well, and uh, you can learn how to bid on those names right on our site. With that said, we'll see you next week live from Traffic, New York going to be a historical event and uh, we will see you there and live with the domain auction and also with domain masters. Take care. Be the master of your domain. Bye-bye.